You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. Good morning. Why don't you look at the person sitting right next to you and tell that person, I'm glad that you're here today. Okay, can you say that again? As uh, This time, you really mean it? You know? <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Neil and Blanche. And, you know, it's been a great uh, almost three days now. I think we landed Thursday. And, yeah, and um, thank you. And I just want to say that, indeed, we are grateful that uh, for Pastor Neil and Blanche. I know it was tough for them to start the first Victory Church here in the U.S. because nobody had done that. Actually, we were the second. And thank you for pioneering. Thank you for being a trailblazers. And those are not easy. And starting something, you know, from scratch and coming from Manila, you know, and with all your families and spiritual families and friends and uprooting your family to start a new church somewhere that you're not familiar with, that takes faith, just like what Carol said. And your pastor, you know, Neil and Blanche, they are a man and woman of faith. Let me just encourage you with that. So you have one of our best in Manila who went here who could have decided to stay and could have pastored, you know, thousands of people in the church, but they decided to come here and start because they have heard from God and because they wanted to obey God. That's what a life should be. Our life should be marked by obedience and faith. This is not just about, you know, having accolades and, you know, you know, diplomas on the wall. Those are good. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, we are always marked by our obedience with God. Amen? And... You are blessed to have your pastor, you know, and anytime, you know, um, people would clamor for them to come back. But again, they're not coming back because this is where God called them to be. But you're blessed, I just wanted to say, to have Pastor Neil and Blanche. And why don't we just give a hand to Pastor Neil and Blanche. Thank you. Thank you, bro. You're always, I always love talking to him whenever we meet during our cluster meeting because, you know, I'm always picking his brain and learning and just like what I've said, I'm just... You know, three years now, three years in, actually. So, and the church is about two and a half years old, and we're excited. We're pumped up. I believe that God had called victory now to plant more churches in the U.S. I'm excited for your future plans, you know, and planting more churches, not like here, in, not just here in San, San, uh, San Francisco area, but also down in different cities down here in Northern California. It's, it's, it's interesting because I came from, as you could see, I am wearing a, a boot. Um, let me just tell you what happened so that you're not going to get distracted. So this is the Southern California attire, as you could see. But uh, I noticed that it's different here in North Cal. You have North Face. If you ask people from Southern California, what's a North Face? And we say, North what? So we don't know. So, but what happened was I uh, torn my Achilles. So I was, we had a great um, um, engaging event in church. We were playing basketball. And uh, I was, uh, they were guarding me. I was on top of the key, three-point area. So they double-teamed me, of course, because, you know, they know how I play. I um, split the defense, drove, and do, uh, did a tomahawk dunk. And, and then I landed, and then I tore my Achilles. So, but I made the shot, I have to say. And that's, the, and that's not the real story. Let me tell you the real story. I, that, was, that sounds good, right? And I just want to tell people that. But what happened was... I rebounded the ball by myself. No one was near me. So just me. I think the nearest person was six, seven feet away. And then I landed and then I tore my Achilles. So that's, uh, 
But I like the first story better, so if you don't mind me. So is this on? So, sorry. Okay. So here's what it is. Let me just thank you. The series today is Valuing the Kingdom. And again, thank you for uh, the invitation to come here. Let me just introduce you my family. This is my family. So as you could see, that's me and my two daughters. Uh, I have a daughter who's going to college this year. She's 18, turning 19. And also my daughter, Sean. She's uh, 14, turning 15. So I have two girls. And as you could see, as I would always remind the young men in church and, in, you know, church that I pastor, that I remind them that I have two licenses. You know, one to marry and one to bury people. So depending on how they treat my girls, you know, whatever license would apply. So, but I just wanted to remind everyone. So, and, uh, and it's been a... Uh, it's different with having girls. I know Pastor Neil have boys, and that's great, and I know them since they were young as well. But girls is kind of like a little different. They're a little bit more, you know, sweeter and, you know, and yeah, but they ask a lot of things too. And, um, and, and that's why when you have girls, when they're being, being very sweet, you better be careful. You better be holding on to your wallet because they'll be asking for some money so, and some makeup to buy. So... But that, nonetheless, that's my family. My wife, has, she just needs to go out because she needs to coordinate some stuff for the church. All right? So now I'm excited. The series is about valuing the kingdom. So as the last four weeks is what's going to happen. I think Pastor Junis Kusar was here last Sunday talking about treasures in heaven. And today I'm honored to preach about seeking God's kingdom first. So we're going to look at a famous, uh, famous verse in uh, Matthew chapter 6 if you wanted to open your Bible there. And also, in reverence to God's Word, I want to invite everybody, please, to stand up and, uh, as we honor God's Word. And starting on Matthew chapter 6, so that is going to be easy because uh, that's the first book in the New Testament. Okay, that will be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if you have your old, old and New Testament, that is Malachi and then Matthew. So everybody knows this verse, but we're going to go dive into this and understand that in this perspective of what God wants us for us. Amen? So do you have your Bible with you? I want to encourage you. You know, I know that the Bible is on the screen, and, and if you don't have one, please get one. Put it on your phone. You know, hard copy, soft copy, doesn't matter because it's just different when you have your own, especially when a pastor is preaching or any preacher for that sense because you could go home and study it again. So the good thing about this is that it's in the screen, but the problem is that you can't bring it home. You know, the, the church admin is going to get you. So, so that, I want you to read with me. Can we read all together? All right, let's go follow me then. All right, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, everybody, we're gonna, all going to read. We're all going to participate, not just the pastor. This is a congregational reading. Amen? Amen? Okay, Matthew 6, starting on verse 25. Is that, is that, is that, is there on the screen, right? All right, all right. So, all right, starting on 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why you, do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you or of you a little faith? Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Please join me in the word of prayer. Lord, we ask you to speak to us as we look at your word today. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we look at your encouragement in the book of Matthew, that we would realize, Lord, that you don't want us to worry. That, Lord, that war is not something that, that, that is from you, but, Lord, we want, that you want us, Lord, to trust you and to trust your word. Help us, God, as we are indeed been put into this world but we are not of this world and my prayer is that we would seek you and your kingdom above all else so thank you we honor you in jesus name amen and amen and you could take your seats let me give you a background of what we're talking about here today for us to be able to understand so this is a the famous birth a verse in matthew chapter 6 verse 33 Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. If you grew up a Catholic like me, so we've been singing this song when I was young. You would go to church and then after that, at the middle part of the service or the mass, they, we would sing this song. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I remember that. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. Come on, let's go sing it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, see? So, now, you know how to sing that, but the question is that, do you understand? So, I've been singing it for quite some time, but I really don't understand what it is. So, I grew up, I've been singing it, you know? That's what we're going to talk about today. For you to understand this verse, you have to go back first and understand that in Matthew chapter 5, if you wanted to open your Bible there or, you know, slide a little bit, this is Jesus in one of his famous sermons, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mountain. Most scholars would say that it's the longest sermon that he ever did. And not only that, that he discussed a lot of things on that sermon. Actually, most of them even come to even to the point or saying that, you know, started like in the, in the morning and they ended up in the evening. Imagine a preaching where you start in the morning and then you ended up in the evening. It's not going to work in the U.S. Even for us, when you preach 25 minutes, people are a little bit like, let's go home, man. I just want to, you know. But you have no choice. I'm the guest speaker. So I think we're here till 2 p.m. So we'll try to work it out. I'm shorting in a bit. All right? But that's what happened. They were sitting there. Two things. When you look at that, on the first half of that, this is what you call kingdom mindset. Jesus was discussing about his kingdom. He was talking about what a kingdom mindset people should have if they wanted to follow God. Amen? So because, again, if you're living in a particular culture, there's a different mindset for each and every culture. Like if you are from the Philippines and you move to the U.S., there's a difference in the culture. Mm-hmm. One thing is that, you know, in the Philippines, everything is closed. That's why the traffic is so, the cars are so near to each other. So now you could roll down your window and you could touch the other car. Because everybody wants to be together. Now you go to the Philippines, it's just a, uh, in the U.S., it's just a little bit different, right? The parking is big. You're not used to that. And we're like, whoa, there's actually roads. 
you could actually see the lines. And, and people follow the lines. In Manila or in the Philippines, that is just a suggestion. You know, hey, it's up to you if you want to follow. And even the stop, I mean, the stoplight is like what? The people look at that as the old Christmas light during Christmas. But here's what it is. Jesus was saying now, because you have a certain mindset, because you are in a particular culture, Jesus was saying now, if you want to follow me, things have to change. Because in this kingdom, there is a mindset that you need to have. That's why when you want to follow God as Christians, it applies to us even now that God is saying now, there's a certain mindset there's a renewing of the mind, as the as Apostle Paul would say, that needs to happen. The way you run your things, the way you think should change. That's why now he shifted in the second half of that, most probably, um, you know, about a later part of chapter 5 and starting in chapter 6. Now from the mindset now into a what? The way you should live, the lifestyle needs to change. Because here's what it is. From the mindset, it should translate to a lifestyle. And again, what I'm saying here is a lifestyle that honors God. It's not like it's a lifestyle, it's because you're religious. That's totally different. And now in doing that, here we are, and one of the subjects actually at the very end of this great sermon, God discusses this, and the topic was this, worry. If you read from 25 to 34, you would see that the word worry was mentioned, what, six times. So it's interesting, isn't it? So this is Jesus in early church. You know, early Palestine days in the time of Jesus. And now in our time, Abbot, you notice that we have the same problem and still worry. And you go to a different culture, it is still the same problem. You go to Europe, war is still there. You go to the Philippines there, in the U.S., still there. Why? Let me share to you today. The Barnard Group did a survey and asked the people, what is your greatest life struggle? What is your greatest life struggle? Or your life struggle. What is that? You know the number one answer? Worry. It's not even money. It's not worry. People worry. I was doing my research. Let me share this to you. Here are the top four. Okay. Four things people worry about. You are, are you ready for this? This is from the... Um, let me just go quote this because this is not from me. This is found in psycho psychologicalhealthcare.com. All right. So here's the first one. Four, top four things people worry most about. Number one, their health. Right? Of course. Especially if you have a Filipino diet, you should worry about your health. Because everything is oily and everything is fried. And that's why it's a yummy goodness. You know? Many people worry about their health or the health of their loved ones. And um, they worry about developing a serious disease. Or health condition. This is one top, I mean, this is top, I mean, just put the top four, it's top ten. And if you're one of that, welcome to the club. Mm -hmm. Amen? So, but if you're still running and you're healthy, maybe you're saying, no, not for me. But a lot of people worry about that. And here's the next one. You want to guess? What's the number three? We're going top four and one. Four, three, two, one. What? Everybody wants to, what, what, what? Yeah, you're looking at my outline. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> you're looking at my PowerPoint, huh? And you're shouting out loud as if you know. Okay. That's what you call your cheating. Okay. Okay, because God knows. 
who does not pay. Okay? Just kidding. So you're right because you're looking at my notes. Number four, number three is relationships. Yes, uh, two things. Number one, if you're single, you're worried about relationship because you're looking for someone to what? A, a partner. Even in this culture, wherever you go, people are what? Insecure because they don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. As if life is going to stop because nobody's holding your hand. So if you're single now, you've been working, of course, when you're in college, you wanted to find someone, and then now you're kind of like counting your dates. Some people say, hey, before you look at that, and I remember with my, some of my single friends then, and they didn't get married right away, so the first one was like, they're looking at the calendar, so after that, you know, it ends at 31, now I'm out of the calendar. So my age is not in the calendar anymore. So what's the next one? You go to the thermometer, right? So you go up and, you know. Until about 100 something. But for those who are in a relationship, it is common to worry about how secure the bond, how secure that relationship is. For people who don't, who's not in the relationship, they're worrying, let me be in a relationship. Lord, 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 me, Lord, I'm praying for someone. Now for those who are in a relationship, now they're what? They're concerned, they're worried about if this relationship would last. It doesn't end. What's number three? You want to, you wanna, don't look. <laughs> What's number three? What? Come on. So this one, do you want to join? You know, you want to suggest something? You know, you're, are you sleeping or what? So, seems like everybody's coming in there. And also this section, you, you, you could be a part of this, right? You got me, right? Okay, thank you. So, you want, you want to share anything? Even though it's wrong, just talk. What? Career. Mm-hmm. You, you got it right. Job security. Yep, career. So people worry about that. People worry about losing their job. So you go to work, right? Then you perform. And then now they're what? They're laying off people because they're, this is what they call it. They're streaming line, streamlining the whole operation. That means you got to get kicked out. Kicked out. That's the whole thing. And here's the number one. You want to guess? Yes, you're right. Money in the future. Money in the future. I want you to look up here. Through then, still through now. That's why Jesus wants to talk about this. Worrying. And let me just give you some facts about worry. Because of those four things, here's that. Medical science has closely tied worry to heart trouble, blood pressure problems, ulcers, thyroid malfunction, migraine, headaches, and, ho- and a host of stomach disorders. If you're stressed, those things come out because you worry too much. You're anxious. And people ask you, bro, how are you? <laughs> Just, you know. How are you doing, bro? <laughs> Just, you know. How's your relationship? <laughs> I don't have one. And I've been praying for years. Here's the next one. Facts about that. An estimated 25 million Americans have high blood pressure due to stress and anxiety. I want you to look up here. 25 million Americans because of stress. Are you one of those? Can you look at the person sitting right next to you? Can you touch the heartbeat or the blood pressure? 8 million have stomach ulcers. Look at these. Every week, 112 million people take medications for stress-related symptoms. Why? And you look at those, and here's the old English definition of worry. And this is where you should understand this. Here's what it is. The word worry is derived from an old English word that means to choke. 
Wow. They're not choke. People are choking in their walk in the, because, because of what? They're being paralyzed because of worry and they're anxious. And they're not fulfilling what God had called them to be is because of this. They're being hindered is because of this. I like Corey Ten Boom, of course, the survivor of the Holocaust, and this is what she said. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties the days today of its strength. Today. You don't have any more reason to leave, to live. It's because of that. You worry. You're anxious. You're paralyzed. Fear. Come on now. It's all going to be all together. You worry. Then you're fearful. Then unbelief would come. And now there's no more hope. Then there's no more trust, no more faith. We better be careful with this. So now that this Jesus now, talking about this, encouraging us. And what was the encouragement of Jesus? Look at this. Therefore, I tell you, what's the word? Do not worry. Say that to the person sitting right next to you. Do not worry. One more time. Come on. You're worrying now, even what she's going to say. Don't worry. So while Jesus was saying this, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body. Look at those. Those are the description of all ago, right? You know what? Health, relationship, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? Of course, food is important for us. If you're a Filipino, you don't eat three times a day. Six. <laughs> Start with breakfast. And then you have a little, you know, snack in the middle and then you eat lunch. And then another merienda or the snack. Then, of course, you have to eat dinner. And then also, what's the important thing before you go? Midnight snack. Which is when you talk about midnight snack, those are what? Those are heavy meals, man. Those are not sandwiches. Those are not granola bars. That's lechon with rice. With the sauce on top. Before you go to bed. So here's what it is, guys. Therefore, do not worry. So what it is. So here's the question. How do we overcome worry? Looking at this verse, how do we overcome it then? Let me share to you three things. It will be very fast. And I want you to fasten your seatbelt. Here's the first one. Realize that you're valuable to God. You want to overcome worry? Realize that you're valuable to God. Jesus, if you look at Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34, uses two illustrations to prove his point. Number one, he used the birds. For you to understand this. The birds, for you to realize that you're valuable to God. You look at this. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father, what? Feeds them. Look at the question that Jesus asked. Are you not much more valuable than they? Here's what Jesus was saying. If you're worrying, realize this. God cares for you. I got you. You are valuable. So when you're worrying, you look at the birds, and you would see God, you will provide for me. Here's what it is. Let me just read this. You are important and valuable to God. Jesus was saying God has built into His creation the means by which all things are cared for. If God could, could take care of the birds, He could take care, take care of you. If, they, if God is, you look at the birds and the birds are valuable, I want you to look up here. You are much valuable. You are valuable to God. So when you're thinking about your job security, you were thinking about money, when you're thinking about all of those relationships, guess this, I mean, think, put this in your mind. You are valuable to God. You are loved. 
And sometimes the world would say, no, you're not. Look at this, what's happening. No, 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 no. You have to fight it by what? Fight it by faith. No, Lord, I am valuable. I matter in this life. I live and breathe. It's because you love me. I am living and breathing. It's because I have a purpose and a reason. And what is that? Because you love me, God. And I am valuable today because you love me. Value is determined by what? By the price one is willing to pay for it. Do you know how much valuable you are? Christ died for you at the cross. You are valuable. That's why, don't listen to other people when they say, no, you are not. See what's going on in your life. And then you hear that voice and you trust that. Instead of believing God, Lord, Lord, I'm valuable. Tell them I'm busy, I'm preaching. I'll answer that later. Thank you. You are. You are valuable to God. That's why God says, look at the birds. Nobody's taking care of them. But I feed them. Don't you look up here. If God is concerned about the birds, He's more concerned about you. Amen? When you're faced without worry, I want you to think about this. Lord, hold on, hold on. I'm worrying. Lord, I'm, I'm valuable to you. You care for me. You care for my marriage. You care for my grades? If you're studying, of course. <laughs> Let me quantify. You cannot pray, Lord, resurrect my grades in Jesus' name. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> Just like what you did when you rose up from the grave. <laughs> and I like, I like this verse from Peter. Here's what he said. Cast all your anxiety on him because he what? Some of you, you're sitting here today. You need to hear this. God cares for you. Let me say that again. God cares for you. Maybe nobody said that to you lately. Maybe you look at your situation so much and you realize, Lord, is this really real? Yes, it's real. God said in this word, God cares for you. He cares what's going on. He cares what's going on in your work. He cares about the whole payment that's happening now and some late payments that is going on with some stuff in your life. God cares for you. And here's the next one. Not only realize that, now he's shifted from the birds like he wanted you to look at the lilies and the grass. And here's <laughs> the lesson in that. Put your faith in God. Realize that what? You're valuable to God. Number two, what? Put your faith in God. Look at what he said here, starting at 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. He was comparing the lilies and the grass and the, the splendor of Solomon. Solomon was the wisest and the richest. And he has what, the most extravagant king that you will ever see. And during the time of Solomon, the so, silver is so, so, so um, common that people just don't mind it anymore. You go to the palace of Solomon. He built the temple and he built his palace. And, you know, kings and dignitaries would visit from different nations just to see what he had built. And here's what God says. Look at those. Even Solomon in his splendor cannot match that. And here's what he said. So if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, look at this question. Will he not much more clothe you? Look at the last part. Oh, you of what? Little faith. 
The problem, I mean, here's what it is. Put your faith in God. When you are experiencing, when you are feeling that there's worry is coming in, you know, worry is whispering, worry is talking to you. But realize, number one, I'm valuable to God. Number two, Lord, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. I'm going to not put my trust in that. Lord, I'm going to put my faith in you. What do you mean by that? It means that put your trust and faith in God. Don't put your faith in your wealth, in your work. No, don't. That's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Some people are following wealth. They're not following God. It's about seeking the, where, where the greener side of the pasture is. The box. Because all of these are temporary. I'm not saying don't work. Please do work. But don't put your faith. Don't, put, don't establish your foundation in your work. Put it in God. Because much is God. God is much more reliable. People whose life is about pursuing material wealth will never learn to live by faith. Let me say that again. People whose life is about pursuing wealth will never learn to live by faith. Why? Because it's all about now. 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 Where's the money? Where's the money? Show me the money! <laughs> no, no, no. It's not about show me the money. My question to you is that. Where do you put your faith? Do you believe that God could provide for you? Can you trust that God is faithful? Well, it's just easy to say, huh? That's what it is, folks. You worry because you don't know where to put your faith. You're putting your faith in certain things, and guess what? The Bible already said that. The only thing that's going to stand and the only thing that's going to stay forever is God's Word and God. Everything else, say this with me, temporary. Say it with me, temporary. One more, temporary. Your beautiful car, temporary. Your nice house, temporary. Your nice watch, temporary. Your makeup, temporary. I know you wanted to live forever. <laughs> yeah, so you should pray on your makeup, right? It's so expensive. Lord, let it stay forever. No, it's not. I'm saying that is because, of course, when my wife and, you know, she would buy some makeup, and I'm like, really? That much? With that small thing? What do you put in there? But at the end of the day, everything is temporary. Hello. Even your car. It's the latest car now, 10 years from now. It's old. Temporary. But people worship their cars. You know how they worship? When they're washing the car, they're kneeling down. You know, I love you, Lord, with all my heart. There is none like you. But you're singing a worship song. But you're, why don't you look up here, temporary. What is the, the greatest test that you're, I mean, of course, we're going to talk about that. Or Pastor June talked about it last week. What is the greatest test that, you know, your possession doesn't own you? How would you know that your possession doesn't own you when you could give it away? Mm -hmm. Because I want you to look up here. I own my possession. My possession doesn't own me. Because my faith is in God that He will provide for me. Of course, this is not you. This is for something else. 
Look at the person sitting right next to you. Tell that person, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> come on, say it. Don't worry, don't worry. Come, come on, say it. I think he's talking about you. <laughs> Let's look at this. 1 Timothy 6, 9. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many what foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. You're putting your faith in wealth. That's why you're ruined instead of putting your faith in God. God is my provider. I work for the ministry. I love what I'm doing. But this minist the ministry that we do, yes, we live, we work this one, but my provider is not God, not people. God will find a way to provide for me if I do what He called me to do. Last one. Put God first. Put God first. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Put God first. Here's what it is. Let me end with this and we're going to go pray. Seeking first the righteousness and the kingdom implies obedience to all of Jesus' commands. He said this, you don't want to, you know, you want to overcome worry? You're valuable. Put your faith in me and also put me first. That means setting your priorities right. Putting God first, that means in a layman's term is this. How do you put God first? You set your priority right. Because you're setting your priorities about Knowing what your priority is is just simple. I just have to look at two things. Time and money. So where do you spend your most of your time? That's your priority. So if you tell me, oh, my priority is my family, but you spend time more working than with your family, you're joking. You're deceived. Let me look at your checkbook and I'll tell you what your priority is. Yeah, let me look at the uh, credit card statement and I'll tell you what your priority is interesting about credit card right it's signs in wonder haven't you noticed you swipe the bill comes in you sign and then you wonder <laughs> is this what we bought <laughs> yep and that's why they removed the photo in the credit card because you know, every time you swipe, instead of the photo looking like this, it looks like this. <laughs> Too much swiping. <laughs> That's why when the cashier looked at, sir, is this you? It doesn't look like you anymore because <laughs> swiping it anymore. Too much. Money and time. Here's what God is saying. You want to overcome worry? Seek me first. Set your priorities in order. If you, here's the promise. This is what I like about this. And here's the promise. If you put me first, I'll take care of the rest. Isn't that a good deal? But here we are with God. Lord, I know that's a good promise, but let me try it a different way first. And let me, let me try this one. Maybe this would work. It's not going to work. God already gave us. The lane, the promise. If you seek me first, then all of these things, all of your needs, not wants, needs. Here's what God was saying. If you put me first, I'll take care of you. In that statement, how many you know we have to go back to the first two? 
in that statement, for you to put God first, you have to see that God values you so that you would value Him. And also putting God first, that means you're putting your faith in Him. This is all connected together, folks. Here's what it is. The mindset needs to change for the lifestyle to be changed. You have a choice. Do it your way or do it God's way. Because the only antidote to overcoming worry is this, is putting God first. That's about our hands and close our eyes. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you have a plan for us. Heads bowed in peace and eyes closed. I believe the Spirit of God is here, and I'm going to pray for people. Number one, if you're here today and you know worry is happening, you're consumed by that. There's so much anxiety going on. God is calling you out today to trust Him. Heads bowed in peace and eyes closed. If you're here and your worries about relationship, I believe some of you are. Relationship, if Lord, if there's someone that you prepared for me, or if you are in a relationship, Lord, is this gonna last? I want you to put your faith in God and I want you to trust Him and realize that God cares for you. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hands. Anybody in this room? Yes. Just be honest. Yes. That's the first step. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. I'm calling you out today. Anybody else? Yes. And if you're lifting up your hands, yes, I'm not going to prolong. This is between you and God, but I'm not going to prolong. If you know you need to lift up your hands, you just go lift it up and say, God, by lifting up your hands, saying, God, I'm trusting you, Lord. This is a gesture of faith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray for these people lifting up their hands. God, I pray that you would minister to them. Comfort them today. Remind them that you love them. Remind them, Lord, that you're concerned about that relationship that is going on. Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for restoration in Jesus' name. Put down your hands. Next, if you're here today and the worries about job security and money, I want you to lift up your hands and let me pray for you. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Some of you, as you're lifting up your hands, no looking around, please. This is between you and God. Some of you, as you're lifting up your hands, some of you need to repent. Because you have not handled money the way God wants you to handle the money that He gave you and blessed you with. And today, God is calling you out. Just, as you're lifting up your hands, say, God, I repent. Forgive me. And today, Lord, as I come to you, as I acknowledge, Lord, that I've made a mistake, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would give me another chance to put my faith to trust you Lord thank you for these men and women Lord thank you for speaking to them thank you for touching them thank you God put down your hands next and last if you're here today when we talk about value and we talk about putting our faith you cannot put your faith in someone that you don't know you cannot put your trust someone that you don't have a relationship with. That's why God says, put me first. And it's like that statement, it's also for me like an invitation that God is calling us. Hey, c come in. Trust me. 
But like Kareel said a while ago, just hear my heartbeat. Hear my heart for you. Hear my, my love for you. And because some of us, we can't put trust, our faith and trust on God. It's because why? It's because you don't know Him. And today I'm inviting you for you to surrender your life to Jesus. I'm inviting you to just be honest and say, God, I don't know you really. And today, Lord, I'm inviting you to come and rule and reign in my life, Lord. If that's you, no looking around, I want you to lift up your hands. Anybody in this room? Yes, you're putting your life to Jesus. You're saying, God, I'm inviting you to, to be, Lord, the Lord, the King, the ruler. And if you're lifting up your hands, yes, 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 thank you. Last 10 seconds, I'm not going to prolong. Yes, thank you. And I want you to pray if you're lifting up your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me from all my sins. And today, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to come rule and reign. I repent. Lord, I am wrong. You are right. And today, I invite you in my life. I'm putting my faith and in trust and the finished work at the cross, what you've done for me 2,000 years ago. Lord, thank you. Lord, bless each and every one of them today. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for loving them. Thank you for this new life. Indeed, God. Indeed, they would feel the love, the care that you promised. Indeed. Because you, you promised it, and Lord, you will do it because you're the, you're the one who said this. Lord, thank you. We honor you, Lord. Put down your hands. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God a praise.